Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How you doing, chat? For those of you who've ever been to Australia, that's how they say it in Australia. How you doing, chat? What's up, chat? You guys doing good today? Hey, we are so glad you are here. Welcome to New Hope Church. Want to give a warm shout out. Come on, Central Coffee House. Help me welcome all of the campus locations today. Love all of you and uh, just so excited about all the reports that I'm hearing from all of the campus locations. And I know I've been mentioning them a lot lately and I'll probably ease off in a little while, but I got to tell you, the Hillsboro campus... I mean, we've launched that campus, guys, and they are 300-plus every single Sunday now. And uh, just want to say a huge thank you to uh, uh, the, all the New Hope pioneers who left the Durham campus and uh, descended on Hillsboro for the purposes of reach, teach, and release. I love you guys. Pastor Chris and Hillsboro, we have sent some of our very best new hopers over there and I just want to thank you for all that you are doing. Hey, um, man, it's going to be a good day. Everybody say, I love my church. We are in a series titled exactly that, I Love My Church. And you might wonder where that title came from. And it actually came from the fact that we hear that comment all the time. Not just from regulars, but I mean like guests. New Hopers say it all the time, but I'm talking about people who show up and they attend our church one time and they comment in that kind of way. For example, we send out these info cards uh, every single week to all the guests who will mark a Connect card. So if you're new here today and you'll mark a Connect card, don't worry, I'm not going to come knocking on your door, uh, but we do like to send you something. And one of the things we send our first-time guests is a letter welcoming them and a card for them to fill out. I just read this this week. How was your welcoming experience from the parking lot into the worship center? Excellent. Love it. Exclamation point. If you brought children, what was your, was your experience positive? If not, explain. Totally positive. Exclamation point. Kids were racing into the church today and talking when we left about, can we go back next week? What did you like best? The entire experience. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. If you're here, I love you, but you, you might need to um, calm down on the exclamation points. Um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. What did you like least? Um, nothing. What are you looking for most in a church? I want my kids to love it. I want to feel at home. How did you hear about the church? New Hope invitation. Other feedback, additional comments, and all they say is, I love it, exclamation point. We love it, exclamation point. So as we hear these comments all the time, I started thinking, why don't we do a series called, I Love My Church. I Love My Church. And show of hands at all the campuses, if you love your church, if you're here, you've been here long enough to love your church, just raise your hand, just shoot them up. Okay, if you didn't raise your hands, we're still glad you're here. <laughs> don't know how much longer you'll be here, but... but we're glad you're here. Do, do, do you love your church enough to put a window cling on your car? Yeah. Woohoo! Brand new. You've heard maybe about these. Uh, thousands of people around uh, our church campuses have the magnets. Now, you might be like, dude, I like the magnets. Get off the window cling. And that's cool. You can leave the maggots on there. Mag magnets. Mag I think I just said maggots. 
But uh, here's a window cling that you can put that bad boy on your window, and it looks awesome. And we hear about people all the time who, there it is. Oh, doesn't that look good? Hashtag finding hope, baby. And we have people who come all the time, and they say they came because they saw so many stinking magnets on people's cars. And they said, I want to drive like those people. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Um, but, but get that, man. You can pick them up at any of the campus locations. A few more things in, in terms of housekeeping. Um, membership meeting is a week from today, February 28th at 5 p.m. We're going to have dessert. We're going to have child care for young, young children. Registration uh, required. Just go let us know if you're going to come to that or just show up. I always get in trouble when I say that, but it, you can just show up. Uh, membership meeting, 5 p.m. We're going to have worship. We're going to have some vision. I'm going to be teaching some next Sunday evening. We're going to have a competition here on the stage where the campus pastors, I'm putting the campus pastors up here, and we're going to have some competition. It's going to be a hoot. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do. Um, but they don't even know what we're going to do. I said, you guys, they said, what do you want us to do? I said, I don't know. Give, give us four options. So we could have everything from sumo wrestling. <laughs> Who would like to see the campus pastors sumo wrestle on the stage? That's what I'm talking about. Or they, there's no telling what they'll do. But all the campuses, all the campuses are going to descend on uh, Durham campus next Sunday, 5 p.m. for a vision membership meeting. We're going to be showing financial reports of the last year. We're going to be presenting budget for the next year, talking about vision for the years ahead. It's going to be an incredible experience. And it gives me a chance to say this whole series, I Love My Church, is about membership. So you're thinking, dude, I want to see them wrestle, but I can't be, a, I'm not a member. Well, you're going to be able to become a member in church during this series. Historic. First time we've ever done what we're doing in this series is that you will be able to join the church next Sunday at any of our campuses if you so feel led. We are very, very excited about trying something new. It is an experiment, um, but we're going to try it. Last kind of um, housekeeping thing, and then we're going to get into the Word. You can go and open up 1 Corinthians 16 if you would like, but the last housekeeping thing that I would share with you is please, please, please mark your calendar for March 13th. Sunday, March 13th, the one and only Pastor Randy Frazee from Oaks Hill Bible Church in San Antonio, Texas, who is the co-pastor of my good friend Max Lakato. They pastor this church together. Randy is going to be here. Max might be here at the next Insight Leadership Conference, not this September, but the following. Come on. Uh, pray about that. He and I are talking about it right now. Randy's going to be here on Sunday, March 13th. Sunday, March 13th, Randy is going to be preaching right here, and he is going to be introducing and getting us into the 33-week the series that we are doing titled The Story that is going to begin on Easter Sunday, and it is going to be an incredible study of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in nine months. And I'm hoping, I'm praying you will read the Bible with me in 2016. And the one and only Randy Frazee is going to kick us off on that day. Hey, who's excited? Yeah. I'm excited about reading the Word with you this year and studying the entire Bible through and through. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for your Word. I ask that you speak through us today. Would you take our hearts and fill with them, God, and enlarge them for your kingdom purposes? Father, would you take our minds and think through them today? Your word is a lamp unto our feet, the Bible says. 
Would you take my lips and speak through them, Father? If you do not speak today, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, check it out. Back in 1985, William R. Greer performed an in-depth chemical analysis of the human body and its mineral properties. His conclusions were published in the International Herald Tribune and in the New York Times. Greer claimed that the average human body, your body, contained eight pounds of calcium, nine pounds of potassium, a pound and a half of phosphorus, six ounces of sodium, six ounces of sulfur, one ounce of magnesium, and trace amounts of iron and iodine and copper. According to a professor at the Illinois Medical Center, the total value of these minerals is just a little over $8. <laughs> that means your body is worth about a good lunch and a cookies and cream milkshake from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> or a movie. And that would be a matinee movie. <laughs> look to your neighbor. Look to your neighbor right now. Everybody look to your neighbor and say, you got to be worth more than that. <laughs> it doesn't make you feel too good, does it? Interestingly enough, the Bible likens the church to a body. I told you to turn to 1 Corinthians 16, and I'm glad you're there because that's where we're camping out today. But in 1 Corinthians 12, and you can take a left and go back there if you want, four chapters earlier. In 1 Corinthians 12, the Bible talks about the church being a body. It talks about a church, a church being a body that is working together in alignment and unity. It's a fascinating analogy. I mean, think about your body. All of our bodies are different. What makes a body impactful or vibrant? What makes a body sluggish and weak? You see, the same case that can be made about your body can be made about the church. Like I said, it's an interesting, fascinating analogy in the Bible. Last week, as most of you know, I was at a radical multi-site roundtable with about uh, 10 other pastors, and um, we've been studying the multi-site movement. You might not be aware of this, but the whole idea of the multi-site movement is a brand new idea, brand new idea, only been around about a decade, sweeping across our country, one church, many locations, and there's a group of us that's studying it, but there's a group of us that's also studying the next major paradigm shift, so we're out about 10 or 15 years, and we're studying this thing, and so I was attending this deal, and I was... Uh, asked to come and they put me up in Miami. How many of you have been to Miami before? Miami? I had never been to Miami. Miami's crazy. My cray cray. I'm the cops. The cops just stand around. It's like the cops. It's like whatever you don't do. It's just what it's, it's almost as if you get the you get the feeling that the people in Miami are like, dude, we're down here at the bottom of it all. And we don't care what y'all say. We're going to do whatever we want to do. And so I'd never been there. And they, they put me up and they put us up in a hotel that was overlooking Miami Beach. And they, they put me in a corner room so I could see Miami Beach. And then I could see the intercoastal waterway. And then when I looked around this far side of my balcony, I could see um, downtown Miami. Midtown, downtown Miami. I was, I was up high so I could, I, I could see it all. Um, I was suffering for Jesus. It was 80 and sunny. 
and you folks were, were iced in and had no school. I've told you before, favor ain't fair. I came back, dude, I, I flew in this week, and it turned 65 degrees, and one of my boys, Caleb, was like, Dad, what, what is up? You leave, and it gets cold, and you come back, and it's warm. I'm son, son, favor ain't fair. But back to my story. I'm up there one morning, and, and after we met, we only met for like two and a half days, and then I stayed a couple extra days. I'm working on another book, and I'm really, really excited about it. It's, it's you. The book is you. The publishers are asking me to do a book on my testimony and my story and the New Hope story, and what the, what the publishers have convinced me of is that it's one and the same, right? And so the story, the, the book is called Wrecked. Wrecked. How, subtitle, How God Unleashes His Church. And it's your story. It's, it's, it's us. I, and I've never enjoyed writing a book so much. I mean, this thing is just flowing like you would not believe. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. So I'm up there after the multi-site conference, and I'm writing, and I'm, 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 I'm walking around my hotel room, and I'm looking out at all of this Miami stuff going on. And, and, and I had this thought. How, how are we going to penetrate this world? How are we going to change this world? Because you see, I had done my research and what I was looking out over was about 5.5 million people. 5.5 million people in Miami. And as I spent time, I, I start thinking about where's the church, right? Because I was seeing all this stuff. It's like, man, that, <laughs> this place needs a church. <laughs> Hey, I just had an idea. I'm not even kidding. I have never, I've not thought about this until right now. Could God be planting the seeds for us to have a campus in Miami? <laughs> who would go? Who would go? At all the campuses, who? <laughs> Pray about that because here, listen to my story. So I'm sitting there and I'm walking around my hotel room writing this book. And by the way, I don't, I don't type like that most of the time. I have a dictation machine on and, and I'm just walking around and I'm pacing and I'm speaking this book. And so I'm, and I, I walk up to the window at one point in time and I look out and I look around and 5.5 million people as far as the eye could see. And then I thought, Where, where's the church? And I started studying all the way around the corner of the balcony. And I, I went real slow so I could try to find the churches. No, I'm serious, serious. I spotted one church. One church. It was a bronze kind of goldish looking. Might have been like a, looked like maybe an Orthodox church or a Roman Catholic church. And a sadness fell over me. A deep sadness fell over me. And I thought, oh God, how are we going to impact this world for you. I thought, God, how are we going, and this phrase came to me, how are we going to penetrate the extent of this kind of lostness? And as soon as I kind of, you know, wallowed in that negative sentiment, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. I said, even though it, it seems daunting, you serve a God who is able to do any and everything. You serve a God who can transform lives and impact this community for me. It might seem daunting, but let me tell you something. You've got the local church, and that is my divine plan to change planet Earth. 1 Corinthians 12 we read about the body of Christ. What makes it 
powerful, what makes it impactful, what makes it sluggish, what makes it weak. We're going to talk about that today. And before we do, though, I want to ask everybody at all of our campuses to just stand to your feet. And we're going to read 1 Corinthians 12, this passage about the body of Christ. We're going to read it in a kind of responsive way today. I'll read the part that says, Pastor, you'll read the next part. It probably says congregation or people. I'm not sure. Let's go. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now your part. sound great. You sound great. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit, the message of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. And we are all given the one spirit. Hey, if you love the word of God, celebrate and thank God for his word. You can be seated. So we see in 1 Corinthians 12 how the body works together, how it is interdependent, how we fit together and how we serve in unity and alignment together. Membership at New Hope Church has always been a very, very significant reality. And membership at New Hope Church has always meant something. Um, no offense to other churches, but in some churches, membership doesn't really mean anything. You walk down front, the pastor comes down there, he shakes your hand, he extends to you the right hand of Christian fellowship. Been there, right? And it's awesome, and your name goes on a membership role. Sometimes you get some kind of extra bonuses. Like I, some of you have heard me talk about before, I used to serve a church where you walk down front, you shook the pastor's hand. The church was founded in 1878. That's an old church. I, was, I wasn't the pastor. <laughs> but when I came, this is what they did. The, the members walked down. You know what you got if you joined the church? You got a burial plot out back in the, in the cemetery. Get you some of that. <laughs> it was free for the members, but it cost $750 for the non-members. That was membership. And, and there's nothing wrong if that church wants to do it that way. But at New Hope Church, we have always been passionate to, to try and make sure the membership disciplines, if you will. They're behavioral disciplines. You're not saved by being a member of a church. You're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Can I get an amen? Oh, see, that just, that just excited you right there. That's incredible. I love that about you. But, but membership is about things that members engage in because in engaging in those things, we become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For 14 years now, membership at New Hope has consisted of five G's. 
five G's. I'm going to grow in the grace of God, uh, be involved in small groups, serve according to my spiritual gift, give the biblical tithe, go into the world. Five G's. This is a historic day. This whole series is a historic day because today I'm, I'm introducing to you a new model of membership. The staff, they've known about this for about six months. We're excited about it. I've had so many of the pastors come up to me and say, Pastor, this is one of the best moves we've ever done. We are actually going to change what it means to be a member at New Hope. So I hope you'll take out your teaching notes and follow along with me today. The first thing we're going to talk about in terms of membership at New Hope is the idea that we connect in community. Everybody say connect in community. Pastor Jared, our connections pastor, did a fantastic job on a message last week when he talked about community. He talked about connecting. So members at New Hope Church are going to connect in community. The second C is contribute. Members at New Hope Church have always contributed to the purposes of God, and that is a contribute financially. And the next Sunday, oh my Lord, you don't want to miss next Sunday. Next Sunday, we are going to talk about how membership is to celebrate. Celebrate good times. Who was that? Who was that? Was that Cool in the Gang? Huh? How do you remember Cool in the Gang? <laughs> Some of you are like, what in the world is he talking about? Man, next Sunday, don't miss next Sunday. It is going to be a party. We are going to celebrate because members at New Hope take seriously the call of the gospel to be people of celebration. So what we're going to do today is we're going to, we're going to talk about this second one. But before we get there, everybody say connect. connect. Everybody say contribute. contribute. Celebrate. Celebrate. Now, taking up a few more notches, all of the campuses really loud. Ready, go. Connect. <laughs> contribute. Celebrate. We're going to talk about this second one, which is on contributing financially to the work of God in the world. I think I know this church well enough to know that many of you right now are excited to be taught what the Bible says about finances. There's two kinds of people right here today, two kinds of people. There's one group of people, you are so excited right now. I mean, you are pumped. He's talking about money. I love money. I figured out the beauty and the benefits and the thrill and the joy and the contentment of honoring God with my finances. I'm excited. I'm so glad I came to church today. Amen. See, I knew it. I knew it. Others of you are like, dude, why did I even come to church today? <laughs> did you feel the tension in the room? <laughs> for that group, for that group, can I just ask you to do something? Can I just encourage you and ask you to, to put the defenses down and just kind of give the word of God a hearing today? Just, just, this old boy never gets up here and, and, and manipulates and, and tries to, to work you over. And, and no, no, no. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to teach uh, one verse. One verse of Scripture is all we're looking at today. One verse of Scripture that is just power-packed. Just give the Word of God a hearing today. And let's see what God's Word 
would say to us. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. If you love the word of God, say bring it. Bring it. I love you, church. Verse 2. On the first day, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. On the first day of every week, each one of who? Each one of you. Everybody who, who is a part of that body that we just talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his or her income so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. I realize, and you know what I realize too? Finances, finances can just be a stressful conversation. Some of you are not like down on being here today because you don't want to give to the church. Some of you are just down on being here today because we're talking about a subject that can, that can be very stressful. You know what I mean? Money, money can just be a very stressful conversation for people. Money causes uh, most of the problems in marriages today. Most of you, you know that. But again, let's just kind of sit back and let's just let God's word give us uh, some biblical wisdom today and speak to us about the church. The first one that, that I think is very, very clear in this text when it says on the very first part of the verse, look at it on the screen, let each one of you before that on the first day of every week, on the first day of every week, everybody say priority. This power-packed little verse teaches the church of Jesus Christ that giving should actually be a priority. On the what? On the what church? On the first day of every week. What's the first day of every week? Sunday. So, so the Bible doesn't say, hey, just whenever you want to give, give. The Bible doesn't say, hey, you know what? Why don't you just wait till Wednesday? Hump day. I missed that commercial, man. Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> I love that. It doesn't say wait till Wednesday. The Bible says on the first day of every week. Now, some of you have heard me say before, you don't have to go getting all legalistic about that. It's not like you got to give every single Sunday. My wife and I do not tithe every single Sunday. We tithe once a month. We, we give the, the full biblical tithe, but we tithe, but we don't, we don't do it every week. Most people at this church does it, they do it once a month and they do it on the first Sunday of the month. But some people do it every week, some people do bi-weekly. But the very key point that the Bible is teaching is that for Christ followers, for believers, for members of the body, giving is a priority. It's, it's important. So it gives me a chance to say to you, or actually ask you, is, is giving a priority to you? Is it one of those things that if you miss, you're going to make it up? Is it, here's a question for you, and again, this, this might be a little convicting for you. I know I've wrestled with these same questions. Is, is my tithe, is my giving to Christ and his church the most important thing I give to? And it gives me a chance to, with heartfelt gratitude, say to all the new hopers who have been so faithful in 14 years, thank you. 
Look at what God is doing with us. We are a movement sprawling across the Carolinas, into Kenya with a campus, and into Haiti in significant missions. Let the church say amen. amen. We, we, we are 10 campuses. It's a movement. It's not a church. It's a movement sprawling across the world. Why? Because so many of you have joined the staff and made giving a priority. Come on, let's just, let's just tell it like it is. It would not have happened without you. Millions of dollars, literally millions of dollars given around the world to shine the light of Christ in this dark, sin-scarred world. But that's, that's just today. I could take you back 14 years. 14 years when we were meeting in the upper room of my house. And the big decision of the day was could I afford a water dispenser or would I just make the volunteers and the staff go downstairs to use my kitchen sink water? <laughs> it was $9 a month for the water dispenser. Could we do it? I remember when, when God opened up the door for us to be at East Chapel Hill High School. Rent at East Chapel Hill High School, $300 a Sunday. I didn't know if we could pay it. Hardcore decisions. But new hopers gathered around with a passion where giving was a priority. Let the church say amen. amen. I remember in our third location, we, we went to a strip mall on Garrett Road. Garrett Road. One person's excited about it. <laughs> it was the ugliest thing you ever seen in your life. But it was either that or be homeless. And we went into that butt ugly strip mall. And we had church up in there, and God grew that thing from about 400 to over 1,000 in 6,000 square feet. We were all over each other. The rent had gone from $300 a week to $12,000 a month. Could we do it? There were new hopers around who made giving a priority. Then I'll never forget taking down these 36 acres of land right here in the epicenter of central North Carolina. 36 acres of land, 80 grand an acre, do the math. Six-year-old church, could we do it? Heck to the yeah. New Hopers made giving a priority. Then launching all of these campuses, Garner, Sanford, North Raleigh, Columbia, NCCIW, Hillsboro, Kenya, Internet Camp, all launching. Could we do it? Yes, we could. Why? Because giving was a priority. And so before I teach any more today, I just want us on the count of three to just celebrate and honor all of the people that have been a part of this church who've made giving a priority. Because of you, look at what God is doing with us. Because of you, look at what we get to do. One, two, three. Come on, church. Celebrate them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining Amy Lynn and I in making giving 
a priority. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. Write this down. Giving, contributing financially, it's personal. It's what, church? It's personal. On the first day of every week, that, that's priority. God is saying, listen, make sure your giving to me is a priority. But on the first day of every week, let each of, let each of what? You give to the work of God. Let each one of you set aside a sum of money. It is very, very personal. I can remember in the early days, man, seeing people in East Chapel Hill High School or Gimgul or Garrett Road, and they'd have their checks. I mean, who carries checks anymore? But they would have their checks, and I would see them in church holding their check and just praying over it because it was that personal. The thing the Word of God would want to say to you today is that your giving to God's work is personal. I know of nothing more personal, nothing more intimate between a believer, a child of God, and the Lord God Almighty, and that person giving of their resources to God's work in the world. It is so very personal. Billy Graham, his wife's name is Ruth. I don't know if you know of Ruth, but Ruth and Billy Graham, an unbelievable couple. Ruth has already passed on. Billy Graham will retire soon. Billy Graham tells a story where he thought he put $1 in the offering plate. This was when they first started. They were, they were po. Billy thought he put a dollar, but he actually realized later that he had put a $10 bill in the offering basket instead of a dollar. He went home and he told Ruth, he said, Ruth, I made a financial blunder. I put a $10 bill in the offering plate. I thought I was putting a dollar in the offering plate. Ruth responded to him saying, Billy, in the Lord's sight, you will get credit for only an offering of $1 because that's all you meant to give. <laughs> oh, God always gives a great man a greater woman. Her point was, your giving is personal. It's between you and God. And God, God knows the heart. God judges a heart. It reminds me of another verse of Scripture in 2 Corinthians. We're in 1 Corinthians 16. But if you go over to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, the Bible says this. Let's read it out loud together. Church, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, go. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, or under compulsion, for God loves a God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Third thing. Third thing, and we'll wrap it up. Giving is what, church? Faithful givers, faithful believers who love God with all the heart, mind, soul, strength, and body, faithful members of God's church, faithful members of New Hope Church have always made giving. A priority. It's what church? What's the second one? It's personal, man. It's between you and God, it's your gift to God's work in the world. Here, here's the third thing. Hope you're taking it down. It's percentage based. It's percentage based. 
I hope you're gonna listen real closely for the next five, seven minutes or so. Because some of you are so new to the faith and new to the church, I'm about to teach you something that you've never even heard of before. Contributing financially to God's church is percentage-based. Everybody say apu. I know it's a weird word. Everybody say apu. Everybody say dekatu. Apu dekatu, it's, it's the word for tithe. Not, not tie, not what most preachers wear, but tithe, T-I-T-H-E. The, the word is apodicatu in the original. Let me just walk you through a word study. Apo, apo as a prefix. It means from something near. It denotes separation from something near. And when it comes to money, I would say something near and dear. Right? It's a prefix. Again, it means from something near. It denotes separation from that which is near and dear to me. Apo. Dikatu means to give a tenth away to the work of the Lord. Apo dikatu. So if you put those two together, it literally means to separate oneself from 10% of his or her money for the work of the Lord. It means literally to separate oneself. Amy Lynn and I, we take our income stream. I was about to say stream. Some of you have streams. We don't, we don't really have streams. The book will be a stream and, and we'll, we should tithe on that. You take your income streams. You, you, you separate from that which is near your income stream to the work of God in the world because God is the one who gave you everything you have in the first place. Everything you have, he gave it to you. So, apa dikatu, tithe. Everybody say tithe. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you percentage-based here. It, it runs throughout the Bible. Some people say, isn't that just an Old Testament thing? No, 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 no. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, I'm, I'm about to show you. But first of all, let's just take you back a little bit. Genesis 14, 19, and 20. Come on, you read the word, the word so well earlier. Let's read this verse together, these two verses. Genesis 14, ready, go. And he blessed him and said... Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a... Gave him a what? Of what? Gave him a tenth of what? Everything. Everything. Apodicatu. Of Everything. Not just the portion. I sometimes get this question. Hey, given when you talk about percentage base, some of you are already thinking this because you're just learning about this kind. Is that net or gross, Pastor? The people who are laughing, they're laughing because they've heard me say this before. Do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? I think in the Old Testament, there's no denying. It's clear. First fruits. How we doing? Doing good? Campuses, how we doing? Some of you, money, money can make people get squirrely. If you're up there having thoughts of like just, you know, running up here and tackling me to the ground and kicking me and running out of the door. Remember, I love you. We're good. We're good. 
I don't, I don't write this stuff, I just deliver it. Deuteronomy 14, 22. Deuteronomy 14, 22. You read that so well? Let's go. Ready? Go. You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year and before the Lord your God in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there. You shall what? Tithe all the what? Yield of the field. They were an agricultural society. So when you look at that verse of scripture, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, the person who has a biblical worldview who knows the Old Testament, when you come across that part that I've highlighted there, in keeping with your income, let's throw that back up, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money, what's that next part? In keeping with your income, saving it up, that's right, but that's percentage-based. Keeping with your income. It's God's way of funding the church. Now, let me just get as practical and applicable as I can today. There are four ways you can give to the work of God's church. At this church, if you decide to go to another church, there's, there's other ways that they have their ways. But we have four. There are four ways to give. You're going to see a slide pop up that will show you the different ways that people make this a priority. They, they keep it personal and it's percentage-based. People, people still give via uh, mail. They, they send checks into the church. They can also give online, e-giving. They can give in person, which is what some of you do on Sundays. By the way, if you give in the mail or you give online, there's a card in the back of your chair pocket or your pew at all of your campuses so that you can still participate in the offering. You can put that card in as a physical response in worship to say, I'm a giver. But if you give that card, make sure you're a giver. Everybody say e-giving. I'm going I'm I'm to teach one more thing and then I'm done. If you were to ask me what I want for Christmas, I, I'm actually going to get very transparent here for a moment and tell you something that I've been wanting to tell you for a long time. If you ask me what I want for Christmas, not personally, but what I want for Christmas for our church, for everybody who gives to this church to give online. If you said, hey, what do you want for your ministry anniversary related to the church? I'd say I want everybody to give online. It is the most safe and secure way to give to the church. You know why it's so powerful? Because when I give online and I set it up reoccurring, I just click on reoccurring and this is what we do. It's what most of your staff do. When I set it up on reoccurring, guess what? My giving is not dependent upon there not being a snow ice day at church. Our giving didn't dip that much Two weeks ago when we had an ice day, you know why? Because over half of you give online now. It's not contingent upon you remembering to bring your checkbook to church. Like I said, who carries checks anymore? Who carries cash anymore? And the reason I'm being very transparent with you about this is because I finally, finally, finally found a verse. <laughs> I'm not even lying. And it's this verse. It's 1 Corinthians 16. Did you notice that Paul said, you know, each one of you on the first day of the week should give a, give a gift according to the, your income, based on your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no offering has to be collected. 
Oh, yeah. Can, can I? Oh, this is, you guys are with me. Hey, can, can, I, can I give you my translation of that verse? Not the NIV, New English, New International Version. Not the old King Jimmy. King James Version, KJV. No, no. I want to give you the PBK version. And I, I give me some, li I, I, I am doing this with liberty with the Word of God. Paul does this. Sometimes Paul will say, hey, now what I'm about to share with you is not of the Lord. So let me just give you what, what this translation would be for me. The Bible says, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, cheerfully tithing online <laughs> via e-giving. So that when I come, no collections will have to be. Does that not make sense? For some reason, the Apostle Paul, yeah. For some reason, the Apostle Paul was like, dude, could y'all just do this in advance so I don't have to receive an offering? Pastor Fuller and I lead teams of people who plan out the worship celebrations. You're not going to believe this. You, 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 this. This might surprise you. In all of our planning of all the worship celebrations in 14 years, we've never forgotten to have an offering. <laughs> now, every now and then, a campus pastor will forget to receive an offering, and we never let him live it down. <laughs> I'm just being very real with you today. Could you imagine? Could you imagine maybe one day, maybe one day, so many people would figure out giving online that we would not have to receive an offering on Sunday mornings in church. Now, don't go getting cray-cray. We ain't starting that next week. Because <laughs> we have a kingdom to advance. Amen? Amen. We, have, we have missions to engage in. Amen? We have a Lord Jesus who John's gospel says, where I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. We have a Lord who desires and wants to use us to lift him up around the world. We have ministries local, missions international. We have a movement to advance, not to the glory of one man, but to the glory and honor of Jesus Christ, the man, King of kings, Lord of lords. This stuff is important, church. This is this is how God funds his movement. This is, this is God's brilliant genius strategy that everybody gives percentage base so that a, a CEO sitting in here who makes seven figures has equal sacrifice of a college student who tithes on a $1,000 loan or scholarship. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And I'll end with this. Could you imagine? Could, could you just imagine what God could do with this movement if at every single one of our campuses we raised up a movement of people who understood that giving is a priority I am going to honor God with my finances regardless, first and foremost. It is personal. It is a gift between me and my Lord. And it is percentage-based. I'm going to give a minimum of 10% of my income streams to God's work in the world. Be it at New Hope or some other church. This is not about New Hope. This is about Jesus. Can you imagine what could happen in the next 14 years if we raise up
a membership body that connects in community, that contributes financially, and that celebrates the goodness and glory of God. May it be so. May we look back one day and say the first 14 years, they were awesome. But may we look back one day and say, you know what? Something happened. Chapter 3 took it to a whole nother level and God showed up and God showed off to the glory, the honor of his son, our Lord, King of kings, Jesus Christ Almighty. To him be glory now and forever in the church. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family and we hope you'll join us next week.